the Soccer Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by our Patreon. Score exclusive perks, content and contest, including our NFL Win Totals Contest, with a $1,000 prize. Join today at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is offering you a chance to win $15 million in prizes with Best Ball Mania 4. Use promo code SGPN at Underdog Fantasy for a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. We're also brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use the code SGP. New customers can score $200 in bonus bets instantly when they bet just $5 on any college football bet. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with the code SGP. And finally, we're also brought to you by our College Football Bankroll Challenge. Up to $3,000 up for grabs. Get all the details over at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash bankroll. One more time, that's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash bankroll. You are actually listening to Bet MUFC. You're not listening to a Champions League show, but you will be in 24 hours' time once we know who has who in the draw. And we will look at the outright markets and how they've changed as a result of the draw. And we'll have a look at who Manchester United actually got in the Champions League. But we're going to look ahead to it here on this show. We're going to preview that draw, which does take place in 24 hours. And we are also going to use this episode to look at the Mason Greenwood situation. So we are not going to preview Manchester United's weekend game away to Arsenal. That will be in the next episode of Better MFC. And that's also the episode where we'll look back at the win against Nottingham Forest. Some say a fortunate win. Some say a very, very good and resilient win. Different opinions, mixed opinions. Obviously, it is Nottingham Forest. It isn't one of your top teams in the Premier League that you've done that to. And you did allow them to go 2-0 ahead. So that was quite worrying. But we will break it all down and analyse it. And we'll look ahead to that huge game at the weekend. But here... We are first going to look ahead to the Champions League draw, which, as I said, takes place tomorrow here on this edition of BetMUFC. You can follow BetMUFC on Twitter or on X at BetMUFC. That's at BetMUFC. You can also follow the Soccer Gambling Podcast at SGP Soccer. That's at SGP Soccer. 
You can follow the Sports Gallon Podcast Network at the SGP Network. That's at the SGP Network. And finally, you can follow my other Twitter account where I tweet about all sports and where I post my monthly PL. That is simply at LockBettingX. That's at LockBettingX. LockBettingX is the Twitter account for LockBetting.com. That is the premium pay service that has now delivered 123 months in a row of transparent track profit. In the next 48 hours, the pinned tweet will be the PL for the month of August. You can still scroll down and see the month of July. But instead of scrolling and looking for spreadsheets, they are all available at LockBetting.com. And you can see how I have ended up undefeated in sports bank every single month for a decade. I have losing days. I even have losing weeks, but I never lose for an entire month. Every single month, I've delivered a profit for over a decade. And you'll see that by looking through the spreadsheets. Don't just have a look at the totals. Have a look at the type of bets we do. We manage a very sensible bankroll. We don't chase losers with bigger plays. So no five-unit five-star plays, no 10-unit maxes, no 20-unit wells, or no ridiculous 50-unit plays of the year. We make gambling possible and a profit possible for everybody that has a disposable income to gamble. But if you don't have a disposable income to gamble, don't gamble because you should not be betting money that you cannot afford to lose. Although, as I say that, we have a history of not losing as we have thus far de- thus far delivered that 123 months in a row of transparent and tracked, that's transparent and tracked profit. Before we move on to looking at the potential Champions League draw and the Mason Greenwood situation, which is what I'm going to start with, let me quickly tell you about the College Football Bankroll Challenge. College Football is back and to celebrate, SGPN is giving away a bunch of cash in our College Football Bankroll Challenge. It's free to enter. It's a season-long contest with $1,000 to first, $500 to second, but the prize prizes double to 2000 and 1000 if you're a Patreon for the college football season. So that's a big, big incentive to join the Patreon. If you're a Patreon, you can double your prize money here for winning the contest. Go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash bankroll or click the link in the app. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash bankroll or... Click the link in the app. Let me also take this quick pause to tell you, college football fans, about DraftKings. Are you ready for week one? DraftKings Sportsbook is hooking you up with a can't-miss offer to start the season strong. This week, new customers can bet just $5 on college football and score $200 in bonus bets instantly. Life's more fun when you're in on the action. So download the DraftKings Sports app now and use the code SGP. New customers, as I mentioned, can score $200 in bonus bets instantly when they bet just $5 on college football. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with the code SGP. The crown is yours. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. G-A-M-B-L-E-R. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Our bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions do apply. Terms available at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms. That's sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms. Mason Greenwood's career will be determined by his own attitude and the influence on him by others. 
Manchester United have got an exception in terms of talent. He is the best. Yeah. I, I, honestly, he is unbelievable, Mason Greenwood. That, that the potential is off the scale. Yeah. His physique, his quality, his positions, his understanding of the game, his touch, his finishing, his speed. He can beat. He can beat a man. He can run without the ball. He can run with the ball. He's got the lot. He's the best. Good afternoon, welcome back to Sports Desk where we have some breaking news on the future of Mason Greenwood. Our chief reporter, Carve Solicol, is alongside me. And Carve, Manchester United have made their decision. Uh, yes, they have decided that Mason Greenwood will not play for Manchester United again. Uh, they have released three statements, one from Manchester United, one from the player himself and also one from uh, the chief executive, Richard Arnold. The club statement says Manchester United has concluded its internal investigation into the allegations made against Mason Greenwood. Uh, the process commenced in February 2023 following all charges against Mason being dropped. Throughout, we've taken into account the wishes, rights and uh, perspective of the alleged victim, uh, along with the club's standards and values, and sought to collate as much information and context as possible. Uh, this has required us to proceed with sensitivity and care to obtain evidence not in the public domain, including from those with direct knowledge of the case. They go on to say, Based on the evidence available to us, we have concluded that the material posted online did not provide a full picture and that Mason did not commit the offences in respect of which he was originally charged. Those are the words of Manchester United. That said, as Mason publicly acknowledges today, he has made mistakes which he's taking responsibility for. All those involved, including Mason, recognise the difficulties with him recommencing his career at Manchester United, it has therefore been mutually agreed that it would be most appropriate for him to do so away from Old Trafford and we will now work with Mason to achieve that outcome. So two clips to unpack there. The reason the Gary Neville one was there was kind of wanted to bring people up to speed with how good Mason Greenwood was and how good he could potentially have been I don't think that he will fulfill that potential now away from Manchester United and with what we're seeing in terms of clubs being interested in him with even Saudi Arabia shunning, shunning him and thinking it will be bad for them I don't know where Greenwood is going to actually go and play his football doesn't look like he's going to be going to Serie A doesn't look like he's going to be going to Saudi Arabia so I'm not sure where he's going to play but it does seem like it's not going to be a top league anywhere, which is obviously going to hurt the future and the development of Mason Greenwood. Let's not forget he still has to develop. He's still a young player who has all those attributes that Gary Neville spoke about. But this is the calibre of playing we player we are letting go. This isn't some run-of-the-mill squad player who we need to make an example of. This is Mason Greenwood. This is potentially a 100 to 150 million pound football player who I think is better, potentially better at least than Marcus Rashford, who's the highest paid player at the club, who's on a $375,000 a week contract. Mason Greenwood is potentially better than him. He's certainly a better finisher. He's quicker. He has better awareness around the pitch. This is the calibre of player that we are letting go. And it comes off the back 
of a U-turn by Manchester United. And this is the most disgusting thing. We are not protecting a player who's been with us since he was six years old. And the fact that we have realised through further evidence that Mason Greenwood did not do the things that he was alleged to do on the tape and reached the decision to look after our asset and somebody who we owe some loyalty to, given that he's been there since he was six, a kid who is still a kid that's grown up in the Manchester United system, we have now kicked him to the curve. Not because we reached that decision ourselves based on the evidence, because everything out there tells you that Manchester United decided to keep this player, that we decided that we were going to support, help and integrate Greenwood back into the first team. But instead, we've been influenced by woke culture, cancel culture, women's rights group who have abs- women's rights groups who have absolutely nothing to do with football. They don't watch. They don't contribute financially. They have absolutely nothing to do with anything. But once again, it's this woke mob, this cancel culture mob that have an influence over things that are absolutely nothing to do with them. Mason Greenwood is the current story of the week, or he was the current story of last week. He was the latest thing to cancel. He was the latest thing to moan about and bitch about and cry about until you achieved your desired outcome, which was ruining the life of another person in order to fulfill your cancel culture requirement for that week. And they'll move on to cancelling or banning or ruining the life of the next person who does the smallest thing wrong. It doesn't matter if it's a 50-year-old man or a teenager or not a teenager anymore, a 20, 21-year-old like Mason Greenwood, who hasn't grown up properly, hasn't had the opportunity to mature. Football's been his entire life. His entire life has been dedicated above his education and everything else to playing football. And he acted like a person who didn't have any life experience, who has lived in a football bubble. And it came through on that audio. He's someone who needed help and guidance to deal with a non-football issue because his life since he's been six years old has just been football issues. That's all he has lived and breathed. And the girl that he's with, who he is now marrying and has got pregnant, has been with him from a very, very young age. Of course, they're going to have ups and downs. They're the youngsters. She's still a teenager. So this is the person that Manchester United have decided not to stand by and have actually done a U-turn when they initially reached the correct decision. And We're seeing this again and again and again. There is actually video evidence in relation to the situation that's going on in Spain with the, um, with Louis Ribales kissing the goal scorer in the World Cup final, Jenny Hermoso, on the lips after they won the World Cup. Now, the video footage shows that the Spanish girls were celebrating and actually joking about the kiss that Louis Ribales delivered. He is the uh, Spanish president and he was celebrating, obviously, because he was overjoyed with the fact that they'd won the World Cup and that was the goal scorer. She was the goal scorer. 
So it was a celebratory moment. It wasn't sexual, in my opinion. They're looking to try and charge him with a sexual assault. There was nothing sexual about it. It's sport. They won. He is the president of Spanish football. He was delighted by the fact that they won. And he celebrated with his goal scorer. He probably would have done that to a man. I've no doubt that there would have been similar celebrations. In fact, in Mediterranean culture, men do kiss in that way. It's not seen as a homosexual act. But in this instance, um, the women were fine with it. They went off, celebrated, joked about it. And then suddenly, suddenly they decided to be offended by it. As soon as woke culture, cancel culture got involved, lawyers, things of that nature started to come to the surface Suddenly, she decided to be offended by it and they decided to be offended by it. And it became a case 24 to 48 hours later when it meant absolutely nothing in the Spanish team bus. Nobody was upset about it. Nobody was offended by it. Nobody was bothered by it. But suddenly, 24 hours later to 48 hours later, when they realised that this could be blown out of proportion, when they realised this could draw massive publicity, when they realised there was more money to be made and once the woke mob got involved and made it into a massive thing, only then did the goal scorer decide that she was offended by the kiss, affected by the kiss and wanted something done by the kiss. Now, I'm not saying that the kiss was right, but I'm also not saying the kiss is wrong. The kiss is wrong because it's not um, a male-male situation. So it is a male and female dichotomy. So the way things are at the moment, you have to be careful with what you do because people like Teresa Parker from Women's Aid are going to jump in and say that this is some sort of abusive situation. That's that's what they're going to do. They, they, they're, they're dying to do it. They're looking out for it all of the time. They are dying to get their little beaks involved and to cancel people and to complain. And there's, there's loads of talk there about consent. If we have to consent to every single thing that we do, then the dynamic between men and women in general will be forever destroyed. You won't be able to go on a first date or a second date and lean in for a kiss without sending her a fucking text message or communicating that you want to. Can you imagine every situation, every situation in life where you've been with a woman and you've been on a date or maybe think of your wife, your current wife, your future wife, your, the girlfriend you're with now, and you had to ask her, if you could kiss her for the first time, if you had to ask her at every stage of consent, if you could progress and move through the bases, can I do this, please? Can I do that, please? Is it okay if I do this, please? What a mood killer that would be. We are basically trying to destroy the very sanctity of men and women having any kind of natural chemistry at all. These people who live in this bubble just want to destroy everything. I don't know what their lives are, but ultimately 
this was reactionary. This happened afterwards. This was a change of direction from what the mood was at the time. And the Mason Greenwood situation is exactly the same. It was a U-turn. It came as a result of pressure from women's group groups. It's even rumoured to have come from the Manchester United's women's team who have been put under great scrutiny and have had a lot of abuse from people because they are suddenly being blamed because they were asked. There was no need to ask them. And if you did ask them, there's no proof that's come out that said that the Manchester United women's team were against it. In fact, it's very likely that the Manchester United women, Manchester United's women team were, were all for it. Because I don't think Man United would have reached the, reached the decision to bring him back if the women's team didn't approve. I imagine there would have been um, there would have been provisions put in place where he would have had to do X, Y, and Z. He would have had to go on this course and that course or whatever and be remorseful, which was which is a no brainer. But ultimately, it's now being put on the on the women's team. In fact, the women's group have almost put pressure on the women's team and have gone out of their way to create the narrative that the women's team were forced to be okay with it and have created the narrative that the women's team were not actually okay with Mason Greenwood returning to the club and only went along with it because they were trying to appease Manchester United supporters and feared a backlash from the male demographic if they had voted against it. That is absolute nonsense. That is absolute fabrication. We don't know if that's true. We don't know if that's false. But it's been insinuated by these women's groups. And they have put words in the mouths of the female players to the to the point where many people feel that the women did not want him back and they were forced. So the women were in a no-win situation. They should never have asked them. They should never have put them in that situation because had they agreed to have Mason Greenwood back, then all of these women's groups would have turned on Manchester United women and said, how dare you tolerate that? You had the opportunity to do the right thing and you've allowed this monster back into the club and it's your fault. And had they said they didn't want Mason Greenwood back, they would have still had the finger pointed, um, pointed at them by the men who just want this great player who has lots of potential back at our club. The finger would have been pointed at them and they would have turned around and said, oh, it's your fault he's not here, which is the situation that we find ourselves in at the moment. This has been appallingly handled by Manchester United. It's been gutless. It's been ballless. It's been clueless. It's taken too long. This should have been cut and dry and should have been handled a long time ago and it should have been made clear. It shouldn't have had these small statements just just to send things into a, a holding pattern and whatnot. It should have been clear and concise. We've had this player here since he was six He's very sorry. He hasn't been charged for anything, but he needs to learn that what he did was a mistake and we will lead him through these steps. That's all we needed to do. And we needed to do it right at the beginning. And yes, it would have come with criticism because everything does, because it's 2023 and everybody likes to cry, complain and bitch and sit in front of their fucking keyboard because that's what they like to do. But ultimately, it would have blown over. We'd have got our player back. We'd have done the right thing, looked after somebody who's been with us since he's a kid, supported him because he's our asset and he's our responsibility. And by now, he would have been playing first team football because fuck knows we need him 
especially after the start we've made this season. So that is my take on Mason Greenwood. I completely disagree with the decision. I disagree with the handling of it. I think things have gotten out of control. I think the wrong people are having a say in football who ultimately have nothing to do with football. And um, I know it's going to be a controversial take. I know there's going to be people that complain about my opinions. But but hey, like I'm not saying that, that they made the wrong decision. I'm not saying they made the right decision. I'm saying it's not the decision that I wanted. And as I'm saying the same thing about the, the, Spanish, the Spanish situation, I'm not saying he should have kissed her. I'm not saying he shouldn't have kissed her. I'm just saying I don't care about it. And video evidence tells you that she didn't care about it initially either. But my overriding thought here is, is that football needs to start prioritising the football supporter, the week-to-week watcher, the ticket buyer, the football kit buyer, the guy who buys every, the guys who buy all the girls, who buy every channel and watch as much football as they can. Genuine football fans who are never asked about anything, but we are the consumers and we are just expected to automatically continue consuming and consuming and to give our money to these football clubs and these um, football organisations without ever having a say, because genuine football fans don't matter. All of these outside influences matter. All of these political political influences matter more than us. We don't have a voice and we certainly don't have a voice in any of these two situations. And uh, I don't agree with either one of them. But as I said, it's just my opinion. I'm not saying my opinion is right. I'm not saying one situation is right or one situation is wrong. I'm not saying the handling of any situation was categorically wrong, but I would not have handled either of them the way that they're being handled um, in the media and the way that they're being scrutinised at the moment. So um, I'm going to move on from this because I'm just going to get myself in, in trouble if I keep talking about it. I think we all know how I feel and um, I'm a little bit fed up with it, to be honest. So we're going to move on. Before we do that, on a brighter note, let's um, let's tell you guys quickly about Underdog Fantasy because August is almost over and you know what that means. Time is running out for you to draft your fantasy football team on Underdog Fantasy. And when I say time is running out, I mean the time is now because the last day to draft your fantasy football team is September the 7th. That's a little over a week away. So to get involved, visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the App Store and sign up with the promo code SGPN to get your first deposit doubled up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com and the promo code SGPN. Concerned with your play? Call 1-800-GAMBLER, 1-800-GAMBLER, G-A-M-B-L-E-R. And finally, as I mentioned earlier, make sure you check out the Sports Gambling Podcast Patreon. I have now been a part of the SGPN family for almost a decade. It will be a decade next June. I started on the uh, 2014 World Cup. I believe I was the third maybe the fourth person to to be. I'm definitely the third now because I don't think Rich is on the podcast anymore, but I may have even been here before Rich. I may have been here before MMA Comics. So I am one of the first people here and um, I would love you guys to support the Patreon. Sign up for the Patreon to get access to exclusive contests, including the NFL Win Titles Contest with a $1,000 first place prize. This week's weekly Patreon pick'em is all week one college football. The prize is a cornhole board, perfect for any 
football or any college football tailgate. The Patreon is a great way to support the network and fight back against corporate gambling. To get involved, head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. So let's move on from the debates and actually talk about some betting. The Champions League draw will be tomorrow. Manchester United are very, very likely to be in pot two. Pot one is going to be teams who actually won the league. And of course, the defending champions, Man City, who also won the league. And of course, won the Champions League as well last season. So City are obviously going to be in pot one. But City aren't a team we can play. So we don't have to worry about being drawn against Man City. But there are many pot one teams that we don't want to play against, but it's almost inevitable that we will be drawn against one of them. I think the easiest team we could potentially get would be Feyenoord from the Dutch League. I think Feyenoord, for me, would be the easiest team that we could possibly play, followed by Benfica and then possibly Sevilla, because we owe them one for eliminating us from the Europa League last season. They go into pot one as the Europa League champions. We can't play Manchester City, but if we don't get Feyenoord, Benfica or Sevilla, we are in danger of getting Paris Saint-Germain, Bayern Munich, Napoli or Barcelona instead. The teams, other teams that we can't play other than English teams will be the teams who are also in our pot. And we have a lot of decent teams in pot two, but we cannot be drawn um, along with Real Madrid, Atletico Madrid, Borussia Dortmund, Porto, RB Leipzig, Inter Milan or Arsenal, along with teams from the same country. Now, there was a mock draw that was done by the Manchester Evening News newspaper and uh, they actually delivered us a little bit of a nightmare draw with uh, Paris Saint-Germain, Man United from pot two, AC Milan from pot three and Real Sociedad from pot four. Real Sociedad are the last team to win at Old Trafford, which was 31 games ago. So that would be the nightmare draw, but that was what was drawn by the Manchester Evening News newspaper in the mock draw. And of course, as per usual, when they did the mock draw, Manchester City got one of the easier draws. Yes, they got Real Madrid in their group, but then they also got Lazio and Alon's team who have been depleted by the transfer activity as their best players were raided in the summer. So hopefully that mock draw isn't anything like what actually happens for Manchester United tomorrow. I am hoping for a decent team in there, possibly not from pot one. I wouldn't mind playing AC Milan, just so we have a nice game to go to. My son looks forward to the the Champions League and going to a Champions League night, hearing that music in the stadium. So I don't want it to be a case of, yes, we draw Feyenoord and then we draw a poor team from Group C, like maybe Braga and, and Antwerp. That would be a dream draw for Manchester United in terms of being able to win the group. But I don't think it would be that much fun to watch. I'd like to avoid Bayern Munich 
and um, and Paris Saint-Germain. I actually wouldn't mind playing Barcelona. I felt like Manchester United beat Barcelona relatively comfortably. So if we can get them in pot one, yes, they would be the seeded team. I'm probably the favourites to win the group, despite what happened last season. But I think it would be a real confidence boost. It would put down a real statement if Manchester United could beat Barcelona. Last year, I thought that beating Barcelona meant that we were shoo-ins to win the Europa League, but ultimately, we slipped up against Sevilla. Um, I would not mind getting another crack at Sevilla. I'm confident that we could beat them home and away this time round. That really was a complete collapse from Manchester United that I would like to erase from history. And the best way to do that is to get them back at Old Trafford and absolutely thump them. So, um, it was, it's going to be very, very interesting tomorrow. I'm sure they are going to draw up some very, very interesting ties. Uh, we're obviously going to have a group of death somewhere. We have that every single year in the Champions League. And whilst we have a group of death, there's going to be one group that's just very, very weak. And we're going to see two weaker teams going through. It happens every single year. As things stand, Man City are the 2-1 favourites to win the Champions League again. Bayern Munich are at 5-1. Real Madrid at 8-1. Arsenal 10-1. Barcelona 14-1. PSG 16-1. And Manchester United are down at 18-1. Just above Newcastle at 20s. 25 to 1 Napoli, 33 to 1 Borussia Dortmund, 33 to 1 Atletico, 33 to 1 for last year's finalists, Inter and AC Milan at 40 to 1. Everyone else is bigger than 50 to 1. I won't talk about who I think is at too big of a price at the moment. I will save it for when the draw is done and we actually do do our preview show, our early preview show and draw recap, which will be released in around about 24 hours time. So that concludes this edition of Bet MUFC. Don't forget there'll be another edition of Bet MUFC at the weekend. That's going to be the episode that covers the Arsenal game. We're going to have a full Arsenal game, uh, a full Arsenal preview, along with a recap of the 3-2 win against Nottingham Forest. And then, of course, you have your usual shows, Scamessa Italia. You're going to have the EPL show match day four this weekend for the EPL. So far, we have a 100% lot record for both of those shows. For those of you that want to check out a podcast for the Bundesliga, that's available on the lock betting feed. We also now post the European show on the lock betting feed as well. That's never been easier to get. You can now subscribe to it simply via the podcast feed. Just search Lock Betting. Lock Betting is a free podcast. The Bundesliga show is free every single week. And also we'll have an addition, two editions of the fight show actually this weekend. One for the uh, AW and WWE pay-per-view because AW and WWE are doing a pay-per-view on the same weekend. So we'll be covering both of those shows on one podcast. AW coming off the back of All In. This weekend at Wembley Stadium, where they lied about selling 81,000 tickets. I was in the stadium. It was far closer to 55 to 60,000. And even a lot of those tickets were papered. They were given out the week of. A lot of tickets were sold for 300% discounts in the final week. So that's the kind of hyperbole that that company have been throwing out this week. But uh, off the back of that, they've got another pay-per-view this weekend in Chicago. The WWE have got payback that emanates from Pittsburgh. But on the other edition of the Fight Show, we have a big boxing match this weekend. A rematch between Chris Eubank and Liam Smith. Eubank was upset last time, but on this occasion, Liam Smith comes in as the favourite. So very, very interesting stuff. Until then, good luck of all your bets as always. And 
Thanks for listening.